Who are you? What does it mean to be human? What is truth? Is your red the same as my red? Is free will truly free? What is morality? Join us as we explore these ideas and more in The Philosopher's Stone. Welcome, fellow alchemists, to another episode of Philosopher's Stone, where we do what we like to call a little bit of game chair philosophy. Here on Philosopher's Stone, our purpose is to spark synergistic conversations on a myriad of complex and complicated topics. So, Darren, how's your week going? It's been pretty good so far. Been pretty productive, which has been nice. I feel like it's been kind of one of the first really productive weeks in a little while. So, that's been good. That's How about good. you? It's been going all right. It's a little busy, you know, with just with school and everything. But yeah, it's it's going pretty good. You read anything interesting this past week? Been continuing Jordan Pearson's Twelve Rules for Life. I believe I'm in Rule Seven currently, which is one second. Do what's meaningful, not what's expedient. And it's been really good so far. Enjoying it a lot. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. How about you? Anything interesting? So this past week, I just finished a book by Robin Wood. Its name is called When, Why, If. And it's kind of a book on morals from another type of religion. And then I'm currently working on a book called It's Easier Than You Think, I think is what it's called. Let me pull it up real quick. It's a book, another book on morals, but kind of more from a Buddhist standpoint. Okay. It's easier than you think by Sylvia Sylvia Burstein, I think is is how you pronounce that. Sylvia Burstein? Yeah, Sylvia. So if there's like one major takeaway from that book, what would it be so far from what you've read? It's I think the one major takeaway honestly is so they they have the perspective of that life includes now uh, this is from my understanding. I'm not again a subject matter expert, but it they have the perspective that life and the life has pain there's a that there's a difference between pain and suffering pain is just the inevitabilities of life suffering is the the basically the extension of pain because of a clinging onto things and so they believe that again from my understanding they believe that that clinging onto things creates suffering if that makes sense so like either clinging on to things in the past right prevents you know creates suffering because either you like you miss those times or like maybe something bad happened in the past and you just keep reliving those those painful experiences so the the big takeaway i'm getting is like to be able to just release things be able to just let things go realize that life must move on and not not like either emotionally, mentally, really hold on to, to, to things. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, it's a it's a it's an interesting book so far. I'm I'm enjoying it. Lots of lots of new ideas. So to keep going with this episode, so let's get into a little bit of housekeeping. So we did just recently post our first seven episodes of Philosopher's Zone on Spotify. So if anybody would like to listen to the recordings. We do have those posted up there, as well as we will be getting this this current episode posted sometime in the near future. Other things, we are planning on doing a little bit of renovation on this server, just to make things a little bit more streamlined, a little bit more 
you know, kind of easier to kind of navigate through, a little bit more organized. So if the server does start kind of changing a little bit, just be aware that, that that's going to be going on. And I think we are attempting to try to put our podcast also on Google Podcasts as well. I think there's it's still a work in progress. But yeah, if you guys like to listen to recordings, don't want to be here for, you know, every Friday at 1030. <laughs> or if there's yeah, the episodes you missed. Yeah, that too. So we we will have those going on. Uh, anything? on Spotify currently, as well as Apple Podcasts, but Google Podcasts should be up soon, hopefully. So okay, cool. Yeah. Is there anything else I missed, or? I don't think so. I think just like now that we actually have things up on Spotify, feel free to you know share the podcast you know i know not everybody necessarily wants to be in the discord and listen live but like now people can listen while they're driving or something kind of whenever they want so feel free to share it send it out to everybody more people we get listening hopefully the more discussions we can have and the more we can hear back from you guys as to like what topics you guys want to hear and whatnot so yeah absolutely also one thing i almost forgot we did add a new voice channel to the server if you guys noticed, it's the Vox Populi voice channel. So the idea here is that we can go ahead and record the the podcast episodes and kind of get the topic, the 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 topic, the discussion of the topic kind of rolling. And then once we're done with the recording, Darren and I will kind of pop into the Vox Populi and we can actually hear from you guys, kind of not really in person, but like you know, hear 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 what you guys have to say about the topic, and we can go deeper and spend as much time as we need talking about further about the about these topics, you know. And so it'll be a little bit more of, a, of an inclusive discussion where we get to hear from you guys as well. All right, so introducing the topic. So today we are going to be talking about the ideal society, as best as Darren and I can understand. Again, per usual, full disclosure before we dive into this topic, to Darren and I, we believe that information is information and neither true nor false, right or wrong, good or bad, and our responses to these topics are merely our subjective perspectives of the assumed objective reality. We are not subject matter experts, and as such, we would like to invite you guys to join the discussion through the public discourse channel by adding any questions, comments, perspectives, and or experiences you might have in relation to the topic at hand. So, with that out of the way, let's dive into this topic of the ideal society. So, Darren, why don't you take us away with with kind of your thoughts? So... First and foremost, this should be our last episode, because after this episode, if we just apply everything that we do today, we should have an ideal society. Okay, sweet. (laughs) But, so, we're kind of going into almost the idea of a utopia, which is like, if society were formulated such that it was optimal for everyone, you know, what would it look like and so i think to start the topic off we should define what we mean by ideal and i think an ideal society would be a society in which basically everyone is equipped and everyone is equipped with the tools that they need and has the opportunities necessary to thrive in life does that seem like a fair definition yes so I guess the biggest question would be as we define kind of a an ideal society is when we say ideal society, do we mean a society that is completely free of the, I guess you could say the evils of the world, or is it a society where those evils are managed to the best way possible, if that makes sense? Like they, they still exist, but 
they're they're just they're they're managed if that makes sense yeah i think that because of what we've seen of human nature whatever society is created it will inevitably have some sort of inherent flaw within it and so my idea of an ideal society is one in which people are still like it's not necessarily that there are no difficulties or that bad things don't happen but more so that the citizens of the society are properly equipped to handle those situations well to hopefully rectify them and work towards a better society continually so we're looking for more of a realistic ideal society rather than a fantastical ideal society if that makes sense well yes i mean because i think there's i think there's conceptually a difference because in a realistic ideal society, like you do have to take into account, and I think you and I have discussed previously about the individual uh, person's shadow, right? Which is kind of like the darker side of people that are not necessarily socially acceptable, which is inherent with every person. And I think kind of more a, of a fantastical society is one that doesn't take that darker side into account, mm. if that makes sense. And so... I guess that's that's kind of be the the beginning question is when we talk about ideal society, are we including that darker side of of humanity, and we're just trying to figure out a society that manages that darker side as best the in the best way possible, or are we just completely devoiding ourselves of reasons and reality and trying to come up with a basically kind of what I would think more of a fictional ideal society, if that makes sense. Well, I think if we don't account for the darker side of human tendencies and like it doesn't necessarily even have to be darker side of human tendencies but just like don't account for you know sometimes the difficulties of life then basically as soon as anything difficult comes along for the citizens within the society the entire system would fall apart and so i think in order for a society to be truly ideal the citizens must be properly equipped with the tools to deal with difficulties and problems that come up and i think beyond that in a truly ideal society basically the citizens are helping forward the human race further and further ahead and so with that they are capable of tackling newer and newer problems as the system itself progresses if that makes sense yeah and so and i would agree i think though we we do need to kind of establish some some fundamental I guess aspects that we do need to take into consideration if we're going to establish an ideal society. And as I was thinking about this topic, I'm like, <laughs> are we just recreating a Plato's Republic like in the 21st century or like what? But so I think a couple of things. So when I'm talking about the 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 shadow, right? I think there are a significant number of people in the world that are kind of that live their life in denial of that the the darker side of humanity if that makes sense yeah and so i think i think that's kind of why i'm a little bit cautionary of this idea of ideal society is to not to not put ourselves in that naive state and yeah. so that when we do create kind of develop an ideal society we are taking that into account and not 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 developing a nice a society that's that's in denial of that aspect of humanity if that makes sense yeah and so yeah, and then we do also have to figure out 
because I think there are societies that kind of focus on the individual as well as other societies that focus on the community where the community is greater than the individual, right? Yeah. And so personally, I think the most optimal society is one that takes into account both the the individual and the society, if that makes sense. Because if the if the individual gave so much of themselves for the society, they theoretically wouldn't have, I guess, enough of themselves to be able to further help the society. And so then the society would then have to help them, which is kind of taking away from the society, sort of. And so I don't know if in the, the net, the, the, the net result would be a benefit of the human race of the of the society if that makes sense yeah and so i think a simultaneous focus on individual making sure that that the individual is respects themselves and values themselves Mm -hmm. as well as puts in effort to towards a society you know giving back into the society and and being a responsible citizen yeah i think simultaneously they can the net output would be more beneficial and would be more good into the society and thus kind of and if every individual within that society were to do that then i think you would have a net forward movement in a positive direction of of the society if that makes sense i completely agree and that's why i say i think that the society should give the individual the tools and the opportunity to basically I guess do something meaningful with their life would be a simple way of putting it. But the reason I focus on the tools is like part of what happens when we're younger is that basically we just have all this potential, but we don't necessarily have the discipline in order to realize that potential. And so as we grow older, we have to limit the our capacity for doing things so that we can actually manifest that potential in the world. And that's part of what our education is. And so I think within this ideal society, education is probably going to be one of the biggest things of like properly teaching people how they operate and properly helping them understand themselves to where they can be properly disciplined to actually manifest their gifts and their talents within the world around them. Yeah, I would agree. And my personal opinion, and this is going to be a controversial statement in my personal opinion the government is not responsible for raising your kids (laughs) that is a hill i will die on but and so i think i think it's well hold on (laughs) okay but i do think education is very important i just wanted to make that statement in relation to education but yeah go ahead and challenge it yeah so i will say that with the way our government is i agree with that statement, but in reference to this discussion, where I think I disagree with it is, say you have an ideal society, right? Mm-hmm. But say you have two individuals that don't, say two individuals that aren't particularly well-disciplined, and they don't know themselves or the world well enough to actually manifest the you know, potential within reality, and they're not disciplined, and they're living slavish lives and whatnot, and then they get married and have kids, well, all of a sudden you go from two individuals in the society that don't know that, that then homeschool 
maybe homeschool their kids or like raise their kids differently. And maybe now you have four or six or, you know, more citizens within the society that would then go off and that could potentially lead to a butterfly effect within the society. Okay. So I think a couple of things. One, I think with my, with the, with my statement, I don't know if I would say I necessarily have the perfect solution. Mm. That makes sense. But I do think fundamentally it's not, and I would agree with our, our, commenter here that says government sucks at literally everything and i would say yes (laughs) i would i would agree with that and so but then then again if you know talking about you know the government shouldn't be responsible for raising your kids then you also have the problem of of standardized education if that makes sense of you know how do we how do we measure or i guess not really measure because i don't i don't like that word but how do we, as a society, if you're thinking like holistically, how do you ensure that the people, and we've kind of talked about this in relation to capitalism, how do you ensure that the people that can lead society into a more positive direction, how do you know that they have the tools necessary? How do you know that they have the competence to do that, if that makes sense? Again, like going back to like, like maybe scientists or business people, like I think fundamentally one of the benefits of capitalism is and i'm talking about capitalism not materialism or consumerism i'm talking about adam smith version of capitalism is if you have someone who's very competent in in business someone who's very competent in you know the the field of science and research and everything the idea of capitalism is that you have the people that are the most competent leading the entire society into you know furthering the understanding of the world or furthering you know, business practices and, and really bring in a benefit to, to the society, right? And so if you don't have a standardized education system, then how do you know who is the most competent in being able to do such things? Now, and I know I'm kind of contradicting myself in that, you know, the government shouldn't raise your kids, but then how do you establish a, a kind of a universal education system to 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 figure out who's the most competent if that makes sense yeah that does and i think honestly in my opinion the way education should work in an ideal society would actually work differently than the way it does now because in my opinion the way a lot of education works now is a lot of information based but we now live in the day of information and so with that learning new information is not necessarily a question. Like if I want to learn, you know, a new equation in physics, I can literally just do a Google search and I get thousands of results on how to solve that problem. So I think that the way in which education would work in an ideal society with what we have today would be instead teaching kids critical thinking skills, teaching them analytical skills, which I know are very high-level thinking and not all kids necessarily. To my understanding, I don't know if there's enough brain development at early ages to really grasp those concepts properly, but I think, like, basically teaching... Instead of, like, giving kids information on how to live, give them the capacity to go and get the information for themselves and teach them how to study teach them how to be disciplined in learning things for themselves and then giving them the resources to actually go and study on their own. 
teaches them how to learn for themselves rather than what to learn. Yes, exactly. And so with that, like, yes, the government does kind of suck at a lot of things, but I think if you could get some sort of education system that teaches people to think critically, that that, first and foremost, I think that would do a lot of good for the citizens of the society, because all of them should, in theory, have those kinds of skills, and of course, you know, you'll have some variance within it, but ideally, people will be able to be more alert and more aware of things that are going on around them, but then the other thing is, like, I think you should also teach, like, like, okay, how do you make and break habits? How do you... Like, teach teach kids the, really the tools to use in life, rather than teach them, I guess, finished products, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah. Instead of giving them a math equation, teach them how to derive math equations. And then they can derive whatever the heck they want, and they can use that, you know, then they can use their own equations that they've derived in solving problems. Yeah. I, well, I think there kind of has to be a little bit of a balance. Yes. Because you you do have to have the kids, like, kind of caught up on the basics, right? How to read, how to write, how to do mm-hmm. basic, you know, arithmetic, right? Before you can teach them the skills of, you know, writing or, you know, problem solving and developing those critical thinking skills. So you do kind of have to catch them up on how we can kind of kind of communicate if that makes sense like or not just communicate but like how to like kind of have some level some fundamental level of common knowledge yeah and like kind of common like absolute knowledge if that makes sense not opinions and stuff like that but like you know two plus two equals four like (laughs) stuff like that that's true but with the society that we have right now you have kids that go through high school learning pre-calc and potentially even calculus And then, like, two years later in their adult lives, they don't even know basic algebra. Yeah. And similarly, like, most people only know, like, the very basics of reading. They don't really know how to pull apart a text and to actually understand everything within it. Those kinds of skills, even in our society today, aren't really taught that well. And I think the bigger thing is, like, a lot of what's taught in our schools isn't made particularly relevant to students and because of that they have no reason to hold on to that information to my understanding most information that you come across really only sticks if it's relevant to you and so if you don't care about the information that's coming in yeah you can pass the test but that doesn't mean that that's going to stay there a year from now and honestly like i think you can just boil it down to perspective right like if you have a test coming up well it's kind of relevant to you in in the sense that you just have to pass the test. Once you pass the test, you data dump the information and you go about your way, right? And so the information itself is not relevant to you. It's only, again, relevant to you passing the test so you can continue doing whatever you're trying to do. And so, yeah, which, I mean, you do have to kind of throw in throw in perspective with, with that. But So, yeah, but I think that with that, the... Yeah, I think that it should be kind of like, here's the tools, and you're going to spend these years practicing and refining these tools where you can apply them well. And then in that, also learn a good bit of information through the application of those tools. 
but then you get to begin to choose what you want to apply those tools to and like potentially work up to actual modern problems within society that you might want to solve. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So I know we have spent a, a good deal on this, this conversation on the education piece of, of the ideal society, but let's kind of, let's kind of take this a little bit of a different, different track. And let's talk about just if we're trying to build an ideal society, I think Darren, you and I have had conversations of like a, a system is typically made up of separate different parts and each part plays its own unique piece. So that's so if we're trying to trying to de- develop an ideal society, which is realistically a system of people, yeah. Then I think we do need to kind of like zoom in on the individual and figure out what basic characteristics should an individual have to then develop an ideal society. If that makes sense because you can't I mean you can't really build an entire car engine without looking at all the screws and bolts and all the other kind of stuff first, right? So you have to, and kind of the makeup and the material of them, and will they ha- will they have the are is just, are they characteristically able to contain a minor explosion in order to you know make the cargo go forward, make the cargo vroom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we have to. I think we have to look at the individual and see does the individual have characteristically the what it takes to help the help the society become an ideal society and so i think you and i have talked a lot about individual responsibility which i 100 percent agree i think there there needs to be some level of responsibility so maybe that could be one characteristic i think another characteristic i think i would agree with you is having some level of of critical thinking skills some logic and reasoning right i think the the society itself should be based upon a meritocracy, which basically would be everything is based off of merit. So in order to, let's say, progress in the hierarchy of society, you have to like earn it. You have to work and do things to do it. And I don't think that that should be necessarily set by the government, but I do think that the idea of capitalism and or the free market would be good, such that basically the hierarchy is decided by the people around you does that make sense yes but so i do kind of want to go back to the individual well in a second but i think the real question is if you do did structure a society around a meritocracy well then you do have to ask the question who gives the merits and then how do we ensure that the merits aren't used as a tool of manipulation and blackmail and that kind of stuff that's true so Think about that for a second while we go back to the individual, right? Because we, again, we need to make sure that 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 the the base the individual has the basic capabilities to be able to to function within the society, right? To and be able to to just in their in their I guess existence within the society helps to move the entire society, the entirety of humanity forward in a positive general direction, if that makes sense. Which I would like to point out, I think that idea in and of itself is very good for the individual. Yeah. (laughs) Because basically you get to say, hey, I actually get to do things that are meaningful for society and actually have an impact on the world around me in a positive direction. So I think this can also be kind of a double-edged sword too. Because, yeah, we we talk, as we continue this discussion of 
the individual and what we believe that the individual should be equipped with to, in the end, benefit themselves and society. The other question is, how do you ensure that those that the individuals are equipped with those? I mean, do you develop kind of more of a tyrannical governmental system where it's like, oh, you must have these qualities? And even then, who determines those qualities? And then how do you, how do you, which I guess maybe that's kind of looking more at the whole system rather than just the, the different parts, but like, how do you, how do you promote those kind of characteristics, which we can get into in in a second. But I think, again, we should, we should focus, make sure that we have a complete idealistic individual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before we move on to more of the the systematic side of of the the ideal society, yeah. so we talked about individual responsibility, and and I think when we talk about individual responsibility, I think we should consider individual responsibility for self as well as for others. So if we do develop a society, a system that's of a hierarchical structure, right? Those in the higher the higher echelons of the societal structure are not the kind of people that would take advantage of those beneath them, if that makes sense. There are people that would, like it's kind of a, a full circle, if that makes sense, where people up, at the, up, up in the higher echelons, they have personal responsibility of themselves to make sure that they're competent enough to get up to those places, but they also have responsibility for others in making sure that the decisions that they make are ones that truly benefit those maybe underneath them in, again, kind of more of a hierarchical hierarchical structure you know what i'm saying so it's not yep. like so when so, i say huh one question on that should people in the higher echelons of the society be treated better than those in the lower echelons mm, mm. i think is that i think sort of because if if people in the higher echelons are treated better there's an incentive to become more competent to then be in the ranks of those in the higher society. If you remove that incentive, well, then you remove the the possibility of having people in those leadership positions to then move the society forward. However, I think I think there has to be a balance with that, if that makes sense. And again, I do believe that, especially maybe from a capitalistic perspective, I think the power of the people then comes into play and being like, oh, we don't like what this powerful person is doing you know, take him down and put somebody else up there or, you know what I'm saying? Or yeah. somebody who's, who's more competent, if that makes sense. And so, yeah, I think, I think you definitely do. I think, I don't know if I want to say the better treatment, because that kind of, to me, that seems like, like, like they're on the same plane as like God or something like that, which that's not what I'm intending. <laughs> no, that's not how I take that at all. I would when, say better treatment might be like, taken with more respect, have more resources to manage because they've proven that they can manage those resources. Mm -hmm. And as well as, I don't know, but just like stuff like that where, and I think this is where capitalism does well, is that it kind of has that naturally built into the system. That's not like a law, but that mm -hmm. seems to be more closer to natural law than... Yeah within the system which i think works well for it and i agree i agree and it's kind of like just a just a work reward it's a it's a principle of consequences you know which i feel like a lot of people in society just kind of tend to dismiss but it's a very real 
very real aspect of, of nature in my opinion. But going back down to the individual. So again, we have individual responsibility. We have critical thinking, logic, reasoning, right? I think a fundamental value for life, not just for themselves, but, but fundamental value of human life, I think is very, is very, personally, I think that should just be like the foundation of the individual, the fa- where, like principally speaking, if that makes sense. Well, principally speaking, yes, but how do you, how do you build that within the system? Because if an individual sees the corruption of a system or like sees the negative aspects of the system and is mistreated by society and you know is not in the best place it's not particularly difficult to actually conclude that humanity is like an infestation on the face of the earth and everybody needs to be destroyed like that that's a very real conclusion to come to and so the value of human life you need to if you're going to say that needs to be the foundation, how do you make that the foundation of every person's life? Well, you do that by creating an ideal society, which is what we're doing right now. <laughs> well, I think I think that because while that's true, humanity for the most part has worked together to move everybody forward for the most of history. And so what that means is somehow on the large part, we have found a way to work forward even despite that idea. And so I think that, I don't know, I think that that's something that can be taught, but it's something that should be addressed within the society if you're going to make that part of the foundation. Well, I think I think that would come down to discipline, honestly. Like... I think, sure, one part, like, self-discipline, but I think the other part, disciplining kids, like, like teaching them the value of of a human life, if that makes sense, like, teaching yeah. them the value of life in general, that yeah. we, like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't look to try to take advantage of other people, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. and I think, and I think this is where I think a, a lot of people kind of like to try to dismiss the idea of the darker side of humanity. I think a lot of parents in modern society don't like to acknowledge the darker side of their kids and try to take action, which, you know, there's, to my understanding, there's been a huge movement in like not disciplining your kids. I mean, (laughs) I think I'll tell you, Parents can send a very effective message through the uh, the hindquarters of the <laughs> <laughs> of an individual, right? Of of a kid, and yeah. I've had many uh, meaningful messages being sent to me <laughs> via that that method. And so, <laughs> and you know, maybe you can disagree with me on this one, but you know, I feel like I kind of turned out all right. You know, like and as painful as it was in the moment, <laughs> as uncomfortable as it was in the moment. I do feel like it has definitely had the most effect on me like growing up and really try to really had the most effect on trying to set me on on a more positive course if that makes sense. Yeah. And so that's personally why I kind of advocate for for discipline. Now, 
I think there's a significant difference between discipline and abuse, like, and that's yeah. a completely different topic. But again, I think, you know, like all people have, have kind of a darker side of humanity and being able to manage that darker side of humanity in, in a, in a positive manner, which we can discuss further. But I think developing that fundamental value for life, I think part of that would involve disciplining at a young age to teach the kids to to value life if that makes sense yeah well i think beyond that what discipline is because i don't know i think some people might have a bad taste in their mouth of the word discipline again it goes back when when we're young we have all these connections in our brain and like we're trying the kids are very brilliant (laughs) like in a very literal sense They are capable of grasping new concepts, new information in a way that just is lost on adults. But what that discipline does is they have all these cross connections in their brain and it limits all the directions that they can go and sets far fewer directions for them. In other words, it seems to kind of structure their world in such a way to where they can actually properly explore it. And so it sets up proper boundaries for the kid to where they can actually begin to manifest that potential, you know, that brilliance. I think if it's done correctly, it allows them to actually utilize that to the highest degree possible. And that's a good thing for the kid. (laughs) Yes, yes, I I 100% agree. And then beyond that, like... If you just let your kid roam free when they're younger, eventually they have to go out into the world. Mm-hmm. And so if you basically set up for the kid, you can do just about anything and then throw them out into the world, the world is going to be far more critical of that kid. And it's going to structure that kid without any regards for the kid's benefit or for the kid's future. Yep. And that seems like a far worse long-term solution than you disciplining your kid with keeping the benefit of the kid in mind. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, that that 100 that 100% makes sense. <laughs> and and I would agree with that. I mean, was it one of Jordan Peterson's rules for life is don't let your kids do things that you don't like or that will make you dislike them, I think. Yeah, some something along those lines. But yeah, it goes it goes to that. And I think a lot of people have tend to have a negative connotation of of the terms consequences and discipline because discipline is hard and typically con- consequences are used in a negative sense even though I personally believe that consequences is kind of a two two way two way street, right? You do something positive and then you get a positive return out of that. Well, there's a positive consequence or you do something well, negative, you, huh? I don't even take consequences like a positive or negative sense. Like consequence is just the natural repercussions for an action taken. It's karma. That doesn't have to be positive or negative. It's just cause and effect. Yeah, and I agree. But I think a lot of a lot of times consequences is normally brought up in in a negative sense. But I would agree. Yeah. I think consequences is is merely cause and effect. And I think, at least for me, this is something that kind of over the last year I've realized more and more is the the things how how do I phrase this and this is getting a little bit off topic and we still have a lot of discussion to go but I'll try and make this quick 
the basically what happens more often than not the things okay before i say this do i say bad things do happen to people and that is outside of their control but i would say for the most part the things that happen to you in your life except for extreme circumstances more often than not are simply a natural effect of the actions that you have taken and kind of understanding natural law i think would be good to teach kids at a much younger age that like everything you do has an effect on the world around you and the world around you will react to it and so taking that into account i think that would help the citizens of the society understand more that the actions that they take actually do matter in the world around them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Did I actually tie that together in any sort of meaningful way? I think so. <laughs> so, going back, because I, I think we have been hammering on education a lot in this episode. Mm-hmm. And so I think we do need to kind of kind of go back to kind of the, the society as a whole. Yeah. So we've, so what have we covered with the individual? Individual responsibility for themselves and for others. Mm-hmm. Discipline. Uh, critical, discipline. Critical thinking th- skills. Yep, Sorry. thinking skills. And I, I would even attach with personal responsibility, which I kind of discussed with, like I said, self and others. I would even say personal responsibility, like stewardship mm-hmm. of the natural world, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not saying that I would 100% agree with vegans and veganism and <laughs> vegetarians. I do appreciate my meat. Thank you. You know, not that I'm like as someone who chooses to live that kind of diet, like, you know, that's them. I'm I'm not criticizing them. I just, you know, you do you, I do me, we'll be, you know, good. But <laughs> I think I do agree on some level that that we should be more cognizant of what we are as a society and as humanity, as the dominant species on the face of this planet. We should be very careful in in what we do with the resources that we have if that makes sense and so i think when i say individual responsibility i'm saying that as a member of the dominant species taking like the decisions that you make taking into account the i guess the 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 impact i guess that you that you as an individual can have on on the world, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know, does that make sense? Does that not make sense? That does make sense. Like not just like pers- like individual responsibility for for self as a human being and others as human beings, but like as the the world in general, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think the tying it back to the individual, like you know, we've kind of talked before about the importance of keeping your room clean and working in a clean and organized space and, you know, just taking care of the environment in which you inhabit. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the fundamental idea behind that. And I think that ties directly into here where it's like you and all of your generations are going to be stuck in this environment. And so it's (laughs) optimal for you and for all of your generations to take care of the environment as best as we can while we have it. Totally terraform Mars or Venus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just like, you know, take care of what you have while it's yours. And then hopefully the next person that takes it on 
will be able to reap those benefits and reap those rewards and will be thankful for you because of the work that you've done. And beyond that, it also helps your own mental space and like you feel better about your life and whatnot. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think I agree. So, okay. So we, what do we got so far? We got, we have responsibility, discipline, critical thinking. I would say stewardship. I would even, I'd probably say stewardship as a little bit separate, right? I would say responsibility as, and I guess stewardship and responsibility are kind of like, kind of go hand in hand, but I would yeah. think in, in the way in which they, they relate would be a little bit different, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think... I think that's pretty good for the individual for now, especially since we're starting to run out of time. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Let's start digging into the system itself. Let's start in digging into division of power... You know what? I think division of power is a good place to start, and government structure. If we want to have a government in this ideal society, and how this society is actually going to be functioning, because the way modern society functions, it's a very, very complex system. Mm -hmm. Yes, we complain about the U.S. government a lot, but we can't deny the fact that we still have roads to drive on, we still have electricity in our homes, we still have internet we still have you know we we there's a lot of things that we do take for granted that are done behind the scenes and we maybe just have one little bill to pay or several large bills to pay <laughs> yep. so what are your thoughts how should power be broken down and what about you know keeping things like roads and school buildings and maybe national parks and whatnot how how do we kind of maintain those and make sure society is taken care of as it needs to so i think that's actually kind of the difficult thing because i think in being raised in a kind of a capitalist democratic republic it is very hard to kind of think outside of of kind of those those structures right but i'm going to try my best <laughs> so just i like guess as, as a I don't know if I'd say warning. It's not, it's not really, really a warning. It's just a little bit of context, I guess, if, if that makes sense. Or, but, so, a system. Hmm. So, for one, we are very social creatures, so that's clearly a natural thing. For two, nature does tend to, in, in some regard, tend to order itself into some sort of hierarchical system. And so... I think a a society that is that has both aspects of I don't want to say socialism as in like kind of a like communism kind of thing but socialism as in like being social with other people like you have to interact with other people you know what I'm saying yeah being a natural social creature <laughs> and uh, a society that kind of kind of is characterized not solely by those two characteristics but have those two characteristics involved in it, if that makes sense. So, yeah, so maybe community as well as, what was the other thing I said? Community, hierarchy, hierarchy based on competence so that you do have the people that are the most competent to be the ones to lead and manage the society and hopefully direct them into a more positive direction. And ones that are more, more the most competent with, again, like we said, with the, the basic characteristics of, ideal characteristics of the individual, responsibility, discipline, stewardship, all that kind of good stuff. Right, so 
a how do you measure that and how do you ensure that the right people get into power and then beyond that how much power should be entrusted to one individual well i think i think maybe this is kind of me leaning back towards the the my the the capitalist capitalism is i do think the the power should ultimately be in the people and the people that are in those competent positions the people if the people are made of the made up of the ideal characteristics that we just discussed then ideally they would have the awareness to to be able to put the most competent people in the position not just the most competent people but put competent people in the positions that they that they should be in if that makes sense like based on their level of competence so if somebody is at maybe like he's the ceo of a business or something like that and he makes a lot of really selfish decisions he's you know just taking money from you know whatever not paying his employees he's taking advantage of customers right ideally the people the people being responsible individuals being kind of aware individuals critical thinking individuals would see this and say no we're not going to put up with this we value we have enough value for for life and for for self that you are taking advantage of you know life liberty and the pursuit of happiness therefore you need to kind of come down we got to put somebody else up there right <laughs> if that makes sense so i think there there does have, have to be and i think that kind of kind of produces its own balance of 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 power um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think it's when it comes to have to, to natural structure. I th- could be wrong on this. If if anybody knows anything better than I do, please let me know in the public discourse or in the Vox Populi later on after this episode. But if I'm not mistaken, I think a, like a pride of lions do have a very similar aspect where if the the dominant lion is not doing what they need to do. Or maybe I'm just thinking of Lion King, but the dominant lion <laughs> doesn't do what it needs to do. The other lions will take it down and put somebody else as, as in charge. Or maybe it's wolves I'm thinking of, but some kind of predatory cultural animal <laughs> does something like that. If I'm if if my facts are straight, which again I could be wrong on that, but yeah, well that assumes that the people of the society are sophisticated enough to make decisions based off of rational thought, not off of popular vote. Darren, we just went over this. We just talked about the ideal individual. So ideally, this ideal society would be made up of ideal individuals. But wouldn't the ideal society account for if the society wasn't comprised of ideal individuals, so that would set itself in the correct direction despite the population? Well, I think the ideal society would be structured in a way that most of this population would be made of ideal individuals. What which if is the not? system. Well, that's why we're talking about the system, so we can ensure that the that the system is made of ideal the ideal system is made of the ideal individuals. And that's exactly what I'm saying is that I think the ideal system should be able to because here's the deal. So say like we set this entire structure up and initially it actually starts working. So for the first few decades, we get a few decades in, and we have a society filled with ideal citizens and people that have these critical, rational thinking. Let's jump a few hundred years ahead of time, 
okay, at that point, a bunch of different people have been in power, laws have been made and destroyed, and the system itself is not going to be the same system as, as, as it was at its birth, which is good because time changes, and the needs of society change relative to time. But it also means that we may not have a society of ideal individuals, and so the actual system itself needs to be able to account for that, and needs to be able to counterbalance itself to ensure that it stays on track. And I think that, you know, tying it to our society, the U.S. Constitution, in many ways, does that very, very well, even if people in power and even if the popular vote is contrary to that like it, it has something built into itself that seems to be able to counterbalance people that may not make the best decisions or people that may not vote correctly and then the people in power don't make the best decisions does that make sense yeah but that's another topic we'll get into in another time but <laughs> so hmm so you're thinking like hundreds of years from now. I'm I'm just trying to get like an ideal society up and running since that's the topic of the conversation currently and we got like zero minutes left. <laughs> um, we may go a little bit long today because we still have a lot to go. Who picked this topic? Yeah, who um, picked this topic? <laughs> I blame you. <laughs> Maybe real quick, if you guys would like, we'll set up a vote after this session if you guys would like an extended session of like maybe three or four hours where we attempt to break down natural law and then apply it to an ideal society if you guys would be interested in that kind of a topic let us know after this we'll set up a poll in the public discourse channel absolutely sounds good so looks like we just scratched the surface of this conversation and trying to establish the ideal individual in order to develop the system, the ideal system of the ideal society. But I think as of right now, I think we are out of time. Again, we will be popping into the Vox Populi so we can hear some of your feedback and we can dive deeper into this conversation. And I'm really excited to hear what some of you guys have to have to say about this topic. Darren, do you have anything anything else, sir? I don't think so, but like, yeah, follow us into the Vox Populi, and I'm excited to hear what you guys think and to continue digging into this. And then, again, I will set up that poll if you guys are interested in that, and we'll try and set up a time to record that if yeah. you guys are interested. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so thank all of you for coming in, stopping in, listening to our eighth episode of The Philosopher's Stone. Uh, we will be back. Is, are we going to be back next Friday? I good? think we are. Let me find my calendar real quick. Friday the 5th, it looks like. Which is next Friday. Yes. Dope. All right. So, yeah, we will see you guys next Friday. And, yeah, thank you guys for coming. Yeah, we'll see you guys next Friday. Also, remember, think critically and live fully. See you guys next episode. See you. Hope you guys have a good day.